Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Hope Reclaimed. I'm your host, Ellie Hope Collins, and I am glad that you're here. It's on this podcast that we talk about active and practical ways to step into healing from divorce, trauma, and betrayal, because Jesus has already extended everything to us, and sometimes he's inviting us to step in and receive that healing for ourselves. We're continuing our series today called Lessons in the Corner, and this is with my husband, Austin Collins. Austin has been divorced just like me we are we are and this is our second marriage and god taught him so many things while he was going through his divorce as i'm sure god has taught a lot of you so many things while you have gone through your hard thing and austin has kind of compiled some of these lessons and he's bringing them to you guys in this podcast series and i'm so blessed by this because i think that his perspective is so important. So enough of me talking. I'm just going to get into this episode. Enjoy it. Oh my gosh, you guys. It's the holiday season already. This is crazy. Where did this year go? I was just sitting down uh, and thinking about how there's only like a month left of 2020. Where did this year go? What a crazy, <laughs> crazy year. I'm thinking about 2021 now what what is that going to be like after all of the the craziness of 2020 really something man um but i'm so thankful um this is a season of thanksgiving um just reflecting on that I, there's so many things that i'm thankful for right now in this season i'm so i got married this year that's something <laughs> so thankful that i married the most wonderful woman um in the world it's i feel so so blessed and in such a healthy relationship it's it's really something so thankful for that i'm also really really thankful to be here talking to you um at this time i really feel honored um i'm just a man like everybody else and the lord has shown up in my life and i feel so honored to be in a place today that I could just share my story. And not only can people, some people like you, the listener will be here and, and hear it, but can actually be impacted by what happened to me in my experience and how the Lord showed up in my life. So I'm just so thankful. Just thinking about this season. Side note, that's a very good, uh, very good practice to get in. Uh, thankfulness, especially when life is crazy. It's so easy to get focused on politics, on the pandemic, on really difficult racial issues. It's so easy. And, and all these things are important, but thankfulness is too. And it's, it's such, a, such a, just a good reminder for me um, right now. So I just, was just doing some reflection. Um, and I'm so thankful. So thank you for joining me again today and lessons in the corner. Um, this is the fourth episode. The first episode I shared about what the corner was for me. It was a place that was dark. That was unexpected. It was a place where my wife ended up leaving me, ended up being with somebody else. And I'm in this place of a half, half empty apartment by myself just kind of taking it, just kind of there. Um, 
that was the corner for me. Second episode, I talked about the first way that God loves. And the first way that he loved me was just to step in to the corner with me and to sit down and to be with me. He made me feel seen and, and like he understood where I was saying, I do see you and I haven't forgotten you. I'm actually with you here in this place. It's not like the clouds are above you and I can't see you. I'm actually with you in it. That was the first way that he really stepped in and cared for me there. Um, in the last episode, I kind of went back in time and talked about um, Hosea 2 and how the Lord gave me this word, Hosea 2, uh, a few weeks after I graduated college in 2015. And just how timely and impactful that was for me. Like you can't make this stuff up where he shows me his bride, Israel, who is, who is me running from him and, and, and cheating on him and running after everything else in their heart. And then I end up living out this story and my wife ends up doing that to me running after someone else. And I end up feeling the same exact feelings that I read about only a few weeks prior. Such a timely word for me. How wonderful it is the way the Lord pursues us in our mess when we have missed it, when we have really missed it, made some really big mistakes in my life and no one has pursued me in my mess like Jesus has. Let me tell you that. Today, I am super excited. I believe this message is timely. I believe it is for the now. I believe it is for you who are listening. This message is one that has changed me. It's changed the way that I go through pain. It's changed the way that I, uh, where I, where I go when I'm in pain and I'm suffering. It's changed the way I think about satisfaction and joy and pleasure. And so I'm really excited. Um, I'm really excited. Um, and, and so let's just jump right into it. Um, I'm going to take you through one of my favorite stories. Um, it's a story in Psalms 70, 73, chapter 73, the entire chapter. It's like a whole story wrapped up in one chapter. And it's awesome. So I'm just going to start reading it and go through and open it up to me some of the things that the Lord had taught me and sort of relate um, this passage to my experience. So here we go. Psalm 73 says, surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. God is good to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet came close to stumbling. Now, Asaph is the person writing this Psalm. I guess it, who he is exactly isn't necessarily relevant. But that's who it is. The author is Asaph. So Asaph says, But as for me, my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped, for I was envious of the arrogant, as I saw the prosperity of the wicked. So he says, I almost sinned. I almost went the wrong way. I almost took the wrong turn because I saw arrogant people, envious. I was envious of arrogant people who were doing well, who were prospering. I saw these people who were wicked, who were prospering, and I was envious of them. 
He says, for there are no pains in their death and their body is fat. They are not in trouble as other men, nor are they plagued like mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace. The garment of violence covers them. Their eye bulges from fatness. The imaginations of their heart run riot. They mock and wickedly speak of oppression. They speak from on high. They've set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue parades through the earth. So again, he's seeing this people who is doing really well. He's seeing people who have all the food they need, who are in places of power, who, who have everything. They have, they have houses, they have shelter, they die well. And he's envious of them because him and his family and his people, Israel, aren't doing well. They're in a place where they're actually suffering. They're in a place where they don't have enough food, where they don't have shelter. And they're actually not doing well at all. And so he's getting envious. And he says, therefore, his people return to this place and waters of abundance are drunk by them. So let me explain what that means. This, the, the, phrasing, the phrasing there in the translation is a little awkward. Um, it says, therefore, his people, God's people, Israel, returns to this place. They go backward. Many of God's people choose not to follow God anymore because of what's happening. And it says waters of abundance are drunk by them, which means they're, they're hearing the other people say, they're, they're seeing the other people doing well and they want it. They see, they see prosperity of the wicked and they want it. They're drinking up the prosperity sort of uh, per persuasive argument. And they say, so the people who are wicked, who are doing well, look at Israel and say, how does God know? Is there knowledge with the Most High? Does God really know what he's doing? You're suffering. We're doing great. We have everything we need. We're in places of power. We have food. We have shelter. You don't have any of that. Does God really know what he's doing? Does he see you? I don't think he sees you. That's what they're saying. They say, this is verse 11. They say, how does God know? And is there knowledge with the most high? Asaph continues, behold, these are the wicked, always at ease. They have increased in wealth. They're at ease and they continue to increase in wealth. And so this is how Asaph is feeling in verse 13. Surely in vain, I have kept my heart pure and washed my hands in innocence. For I've been stricken all day long and chastened every morning. He says, I have kept my heart pure in vain. That's how it feels. Wicked people are looking at me and saying, where is your God? I don't see him. And so I think it's been in vain that I've been living for God. I've been living for God for no reason. Why, why, am, I do, why am I choosing to do the right thing and suffering for it? I've been stricken all day long and chastened every single morning. It's in vain. Why am I doing this? That's what he says. He continues, if I had said I will speak this, behold, I would have betrayed the generation of your children. When I pondered to understand this, it was troublesome in my sight. He said it was troublesome. 
I am interrupting this episode of Hope Reclaimed to let you know about something really special that we have going on. It is called the Reclaimed Intensive. 2020 has been really challenging for so many people and you probably have a lot of things that you need to reclaim. So this year, from January until May of 2021, we are going to be doing the Reclaimed Intensive, a small group and individual coaching program that will bring you through my online course, the Healing from Divorce online course, all about reclaiming your life. You have things to reclaim. Why not do it in the context of community with people that will support you and guide you and lift you up? If you would like more information about the Reclaimed Intensive, head over to my website, hopereclaimedministries.com. That is hopereclaimedministries.com. And you will find more information there on the front page. And also the link to more information is in the show notes of this episode. There are only 12 spots available for the Reclaimed Intensive. So secure your spot today if you are ready to take ground in 2021. Asaph is in a position, just think about this for a second, where there are escapes everywhere. So he's in a position where he's suffering. He's not doing well. And there's escapes all over the place. Like he could run so many different directions right now. He could go to wealth right now. There's wealth standing in front of him saying, come over here. There's pleasures all over saying, what are you doing? Come here. Be happy here. Escape here. You can escape that. You escape the place where you are. Escape the place of suffering where you are and come over here. Or maybe run after power. There's power here. Why don't you escape the place where you are, this place of pain and suffering? You don't need to be there. Come over here. So there's escapes everywhere. Asaph is in this place where he almost, it says at the very beginning of the chapter, but as for me, my feet came close to stumbling. My steps had almost slipped. I had almost chosen those escapes. Like so many of the people of Israel, the people of Israel actually shrunk in numbers because they decided to go after these things that other nations were going after because they were doing well and saying, where's your God? And Asaph says, I was almost one of them. I almost escaped. I almost took one of these escapes and went for it. So here, here's, here's the point that, I, that I, I really want to drive home, and I'm going to expound on a little bit. When you go through pain, when you experience suffering, when you are in the corner like I was, there are many escapes. When you're in the corner and you're going through it and you're by yourself and your wife left and she's with someone else, <laughs> there's a lot of escapes staring at you saying, come over here. I'll satisfy you. For me, Okay, as I'm in this place of suffering, kind of feeling like Asaph, right? God, where are you? I don't see you, God. I'm, I'm by myself. In vain, I've been living a good life for you. I've been serving my wife. I've been, I haven't been cheating. I've been actually pursuing her while she's cheating. I'm living a good life. 
this seems to be in vain to me. Why should I continue to go down this road? And so guess what? Escapes start popping up. For me, there was a lot of them looking at me in the eyes. Pornography was one that would try to get my attention so many times. Drinking was one. Um, There were people at my job who actually encouraged me to sleep around. Go ahead, do do the things that your wife is doing to you. Like, go ahead. Well, you deserve it. Escapes everywhere. Video games. That's one that's becoming more and more frequent today. The escape of video games. Running to a video game or movies. It could be movies. TV generally can be an escape. So many different escapes looking at me and saying, come over here. Where is your God? So when you go through pain and when you're in the corner and when you're suffering, there are many, many escapes. Honestly, we live in a culture that celebrates escaping. If you're not happy with where you are, if you if you if you feel pain, just come over here. Just just enjoy this. It celebrates it. So let me keep reading. It says verse 16, when I pondered to understand this, it was troublesome in my sight. I felt that way too. I'm like thinking about what's going on. This is troublesome. <laughs> that's that's an understatement, right? This is troublesome in my sight. Verse 17, until I came into the sanctuary of God. Then I perceived. Until I came into the sanctuary of God, then I understood. When you go through pain, there are many escapes. And God is one of them. God is one of the escapes. And Asaph here was looking at all the the escapes, right? that he's not doing well. And at the last moment when he's about to choose one of them, he decides to go to the temple and make God his escape. And he says when he went to the temple, so this this situation was troublesome in my sight, until I came into the sanctuary of God, then I perceived their end. So at this time when I'm in the corner, one thing that I did was memorize scripture. It was extremely helpful for me. Highly recommend. I started memorizing chapters actually at this time. Psalms were shorter, so they were easier to remember. I just wanted to memorize like whole passage of scripture. So I started memorizing um, chapters in the Bible when I was really going through it. And the very first verse of the very first chapter that I memorized says this, preserve me, O God, for I take refuge in you. That's Psalm 16 and one. Psalm 16 is the first chapter that I memorized. Preserve me, O God, for I take refuge in you. So what is he saying? This is a Psalm of David. He's saying, God, help me, God, help me. Because I am making you my refuge. I'm making you my escape. I'm running to you, God. So help me. 
I'm not running to other things. There's a lot of things I could run to right now. I'm running to you, God. Help me. Preserve me, O God, for I take refuge in you. The very first verse that I memorized. And it was a lesson the Lord taught me in this very first verse of the first chapter that I've ever memorized in my life. And that is that there's a lot of escapes. God is one of them. And when you choose him, he will preserve you. Sometimes, see, sometimes we go to God in prayer. Honestly, there's a lot of people, people who are religious, people who aren't religious, who pray and say, God, help. A lot of people do that, right? I did it, okay? We, we, we say, God, help. And in the very next moment, we go to something else as an escape. We say, God, help with our mouth. And then our heart and our body goes to drinking or goes to dating apps or goes to pornography or goes to a man or woman for comfort or goes to friends. Pick it. Pick, pick your escape. There, there's a thousand of them out there. So many times we say, God, be my escape. Be my help. And then we turn to something else to be our help. And God said to me at that time, how can I be your help if you do not make me your help? How can I be a refuge to you if you don't make me your refuge? I want you to make me your refuge so I can be a refuge to you. That, that was something that the Lord taught me in that time. There were so many times I took one of those escapes. Asaph didn't. He, he lucked out. He said he almost did, but he didn't. I did. I did. I took a lot of those escapes. I went here. I went there. And God was saying, you're saying, help me, but make me your help. How can I be a refuge to you if you don't make me a refuge? Let me, let me keep reading. So verse 16, when I, when I pondered to understand this, it was troublesome in my sight until I came into the sanctuary of God. Then I perceived their end. Surely you set them in slippery places. You cast them down to destruction. How they are destroyed in a moment. They are utterly swept away by sudden tears like a dream when one awakes. O oh Lord, when aroused, you will despise their form. So the first thing the Lord shows him so Asaph makes God his refuge in this time where he's about to take one of these other escapes and about to go the way that a lot of Israel is. And he runs to the temple. And the first thing that he sees is all of this is temporary. This isn't going to last. These pleasures that they're telling me to go to, they are so temporary. They are so shallow. In, in that sense. They don't last. They're not eternal. That's for sure. They're not permanent. These things are so temporary. I don't want to run after those things. And let me, let me keep reading. Asaph says, when my heart was embittered and I was pierced within. So he's saying, when I was looking at one of those escapes and I was about to go there, I was embittered against God. I was pierced within. He says, when my heart was embittered, and I was pierced within. I was senseless and ignorant. I was like a beast before you. 
and the phrase beast is like an animal. I was led around by pleasures, by lusts. I was like a beast before you. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You have taken hold of my right hand. With your counsel, you will guide me and afterward receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you, I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. When you go through pain, there are many escapes, and God is one of them. There are many escapes, but only one satisfies. There is only one escape that will satisfy your soul. And that's the second thing that God showed Asaph as he ran into the temple. Asaph ended up saying, God, who do I have in heaven but you? I don't desire anything else on this planet except for you. Now, here's something. Think about this. His situation didn't change. Asaph's situation didn't change. He's in the same place. Israel is still suffering and dwindling. Wicked people who are prideful still are in places of power and have food and have shelter and have all the things they need. His situation didn't change, but his perspective did. And he ends up seeing how temporary and shallow these things of the world are. And that God is the one that he wants. That God is the one who truly satisfies the deepest part of his soul. He ends up saying things like, Whom have I in heaven but you, God? You're my portion forever out of all the portions in front of me. A portion is like, think, think about a table. A portion is like food, like your, your portion of food. Think of a table. Think of all different kinds of things. There's apples. There's, I'm just thinking of fruit right now for some reason. There's, there's meat. I love meat. There's vegetables. I mean, there's every type of meal, right? There's Mexican food. I don't, just name it. It's on the table, okay? And so is God. God's on the table. <laughs> and so he's saying, God is my portion. Out of all these things on the table, I'm choosing God. I don't want this portion or this portion. I want God. God, you are my portion. It actually says in Psalm 16, it actually uses the same phrases in Psalm 16. God as the chosen portion. And that's what that means, the word portion in, these, um, in the Psalms here. He ends up saying things like, the nearness of God is my good. To me, being near to God is good. To me, God, your closeness is what is good for me. Nothing else is my good. You're my good. When you go through pain, there are many, many escapes. And God is one of them. There are many escapes, but only one of those escapes is going to satisfy you. 
Pornography will not satisfy you. Video games will not satisfy you. Alcohol or drugs will not satisfy you. Dating apps are not going to satisfy you. Sex or different types of fantasies, they're not going to satisfy you. Comfort from another man or woman, it won't satisfy you. God alone is the one who satisfies the human soul. And I say that not only with biblical principles behind it, but out of experience. When I was in the corner, I took some of those escapes. You know, I made a lot of mistakes. I was far from perfect. I was, I was the man <laughs> that God was referring to in Hosea 2, okay, who was running from him, who loved other things more than him. And I took some of those escapes, and let me tell you, they, they really didn't satisfy me. You know, they look good in the moment. You know how it is. I'm not alone in this. <laughs> you know, I know for a fact you who are listening are imperfect, and that's okay. I know you understand. You, you've taken some of those escapes. And you're like, you know what? This, this, this doesn't really satisfy me. It looked good. And now I just, I, just, I just feel dirtier. I feel emptier than I left. I feel less satisfied. I don't feel fulfilled. This promised me fulfillment. I feel less fulfilled. I feel emptier somehow. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you and you're not alone. But let me tell you, there are also times when I made God my refuge. And I cannot tell you how deeply satisfying God was for me in those times. He met me exactly where I was in my pain, in my sin. And he received me and he accepted me and he saw me and he got it. And he understood where I was saying, I'm for you. I'm not against you. I cannot tell you how deep that impacted me, how deeply that impacted me. I mean, I talked about Hosea too and how he sat with me. I mean, that is satisfying. To have someone really sit with you and really be where you are when you're suffering, there is something fulfilling about that. To have someone really see you and say, I really know where you are. I'm actually with you. There's something fulfilling and satisfying about that. To have someone care for you without judgment, knowing what you've done, and disregarding it and saying, I love you because I love you. It doesn't matter what you do. I'm for you. And I'm not going to leave you. There's something satisfying about that. There's something fulfilling about that. And I can contrast them very well with my experience of them. Every other escape is empty and shallow compared to God. Period. I've met many men um, and women in the past 
few years that I've seen going through it and have like me taken some other escapes that aren't God. And I've found out that they don't satisfy. And for some reason today, dating apps are one of those things. Like it's more and more prevalent and there's nothing wrong with dating. Dating is awesome. Okay. Dating is great. If you're really looking for like your wife or your husband, dude, that's awesome. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. The thing is, a lot of people are utilizing dating apps today as an escape. And it's promoted because it's under the guise of, oh, you're looking for this long-term commitment. Who is your husband? And you really, you're not ready for that, but you're, you're escaping the pain that you're in to go somewhere else to look for comfort that is not going to satisfy you. And then it turns into a cycle. You go back and then you, you're not satisfied and then you're heartbroken and then you do it again. And there's no judgment coming from me. Let me tell you that right off. There is no judgment coming from me if that's you. Because I am no different. I took those escapes like everybody else. But I'm here to tell you that there is an escape that satisfies. Wow. Isn't that good news? There's actually an escape that satisfies. Yeah, those, those desires you have in your heart, they actually can be met. Those deep longings in your soul, they can actually be fulfilled. I'm here to tell you that. And I've experienced that myself. There are many escapes when you're going through pain. God is one of them. There are many escapes. But there is only one that satisfies. And his name is Jesus. He satisfies. He'll sit with you where you are and receive you no matter what you've done. There is something satisfying about that. And in those times when the Lord would meet me in my pain and in the corner, <laughs> I could honestly repeat these words that Asaph said. And said, God, what can I say? I was like a beast chasing after pleasure. Whom have I in heaven but you, God, besides you? I don't want anything else. Nothing else satisfies me like you do. I've tried it. Nothing satisfies me. In Psalm 63, David puts it like this. Oh God, you are my God. I shall seek you earnestly. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. We live in a land where there's no water. Nothing satisfies. There's opportunity everywhere saying it will satisfy you. And yet none of it does. I've tried it. You've tried it, right? It doesn't satisfy. This scripture, Psalm 73, so impacted me. I actually ended up getting it tattooed on my arm. True story. It's on my left arm. I have verse 25 tattooed on the inside of my left uh, bicep. I was like, this is my life now. Um, it's never going to change. And it's so true. And it's still my life. And, and I'm, I love it. This verse has been so impactful for me, this chapter. So I want to ask you a question today. What is your refuge? What is your escape right now? There's a lot of hard things going on in 2020. What are you running to? 
when pain comes, where do you go? It's not a difficult question. It's a simple one. It's hard in a sense. What is your refuge? Let me tell you, God is actually the safest refuge. And there is no safer refuge. There is no safer refuge and there is none that satisfy the human soul. The human soul was made to be satisfied by the waters of the living God who is and who made everything. There is a lot of escapes in this world and none of them satisfy. It's actually, it's actually crazy. There's pleasure in it for a moment. I'm not going to lie to you. There's pleasure in it for a moment. Let's be real. But oh, how it doesn't satisfy, how it does not fulfill. And so I really just want to leave that with you. And I want to encourage you, whoever you are and wherever you are and whatever you've done, God is a safe refuge for you. And he'll receive you and take you and accept you. It's crazy. And I've experienced it and I have been redeemed and I'm in such a safe place. And now today when I go through, through things, I can actually see the escapes and know which one satisfies. Like it's in my mind, you know, if I go there, that's a hole. That's just gonna, that's terrible. I'm, Lord, I need you. There is no other refuge but you. Such a giant, impactful lesson for me going through suffering. So as you go through this holiday season, if there's any pain that comes up, or if you're in the corner now and you're just going through it, I want to encourage you in a way that is without judgment for where you are or what you've done, because I'm the same as everyone else. Okay, I can't judge anybody. I'm just a regular man like you. But I can say from experience and founded on the word of God that nothing else satisfies. And, you know, I was thinking um, just about my story and how the Lord showed up for me in such dramatic ways kind of like saying Hosea 2 before all this went down, that's crazy. And how there might be a lot, several of you out there who are thinking, you know, God didn't do that for me. He didn't show up for me in that way. He showed up for you. Good for you. Like he did not show up for me in that way. And I just want to say to you, God didn't show up for me just for me. He didn't show up and love me and sit with me just for me, although he did it for me. He's actually so caring and loving. He loves people for other people, including for them. And so he actually did those things, not just for me, but for you who are listening today, right now. When I went through those things, he had you on his mind. And so actually he is showing up for you in the same way he did for me right now and saying, Make me a refuge. I'll satisfy you. I know you've gone to these other things. That's okay, but just come to me. I want you to be fulfilled and filled up. That's the kind of God he is. He's that big. 
He has that much foresight and that much love for everybody. It's insane. I've seen it time and time again. It's actually crazy. That's another thing I'm thankful for this Thanksgiving season. So with that, I just want to close and leave you guys. Um, yeah, with just an encouragement to make him your refuge in this season. In these last few days of 2020, it's just crazy. Make him your refuge. He is a safe refuge and he will meet you right where you are. So with that, I say stay encouraged, keep going, and I will see you in the next one. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Hope Reclaimed. I know that I did. I got a lot out of this episode. What do we run to? What do we run to in trouble? I just love that concept. We have to run to something. What are we running to? I hope that you feel encouraged and I hope that you feel uplifted by this episode. God is sitting with you in your pain. And in those times of darkness, when we feel that we're in trouble, let's run to him. Let's run to him and in, right into his arms because he is there with arms wide open. If you are enjoying this podcast, please be sure you are liking it wherever you listen to your podcasts um, and, and subscribed so you don't miss an episode. If you would like more information about the Reclaimed Intensive, head over to the link in the show notes or to my website, hopereclaimedministries.com, and you can find more information there. Remember, there is healing and there is redemption in Jesus, and there is always hope. Hope is my middle name. We'll see you next week.